The Gemara Masechta Nedarim Das Lamedalad Amen Aleph in explaining the Mishnah on Das Lamed Beis Amen Beis. The Mishnah Das Lamed Beis Amen Beis speaks about we were six individuals standing together, and the first individual says, "There's somebody coming towards us. I'm sure it's Ruvain." And I'm so sure that it's Ruvain that I'm prepared to become a Nazir. And the next person says, I'm sure it's not Ruvain. The Mishnah spoke about six individuals who made these kind of statements. And the Mishnah then teaches us that if this individual who is approaching, that the various statements of accepting of Naziris were dependent, was it or was it not that individual? Then the Allah, and now that individual ends up walking in a different direction. And we never end up knowing was it or was it not that person. The Allah is a Nazir. The person in our mission who accepted upon himself the Naziris would not be a Naziris. So the Gemara is Medayik, and the Aflam and Gimel and Aleph. The reason why the people will not be in the Zerim, is because the person who their statements on his identity, being dependent on his identity, ended up turning in the other direction. We ended up never knowing, was he or was he not that individual? Hasil come on. But if that person would have come here, and we would therefore be able to identify who was this individual, then have another whoever's statement ends up being correct, will be a Nazar. Ask the Gemara, Mani, whose opinion, which Tana's opinion does our Mishnah reflect? Elaim Rav Tarfin. Are we going to suggest it represents the opinion of Tarfin? Ask the Gemara, Miyav Nazar. Would a person who accepts upon himself Naziris in such a fashion be a Nazar ever? For ask the Gemara, even the Bashat of the Kanadar, since at the moment the person accepted upon himself Naziris, Lo Yoda, he didn't know at that moment, Iplani Huilai, is that that individual or not? Says the Gemara, Michalalai Naziris, can Naziris be effective according to Rav Tarfin under such circumstances? Vatanya, we learned in a Mishnah, we learned in a Brisa, Actually, as the Rishonim point out, Reb Tarfin's me- opinion is, is mentioned as well in the Mishnah. Reb Yudayim Mishnah of Tarfin, Ein Echad Mehem Nazir, none of the six individuals of the story of our Mishnah are Nazirim. Lefishnai Nitna Naziris The Tarak Daisha, in Parashas Nasai, in introducing the Parasha of Naziris says, and the fact that the Torah goes through this introduction, the Torah is teaching us that when you accept upon yourself the Naziris, it has to be with a haflor. It has to be with clarity. And if at the moment you accepted upon yourself the Naziris, it wasn't that way, you will not be Another, if it wasn't with a clarity. And the Ran, in Mesech Nadorim, 
Tafchof Aleph Amar Aleph Divrei Maskalafi says since as we've learned so many times in Masech Nedarim at the beginning of Masechta on Tafkim Amar Aleph that Hukshin Nedarim Lenaziris. So we learn from there, says the Ran, just like just like we're saying here, that if there is an absolute clarity at the moment of accepting of the Naziris, you will not be a Nazir. So too is the Aloha by Nedarim. If Nedarim, when you accept upon yourself the Nether, you're not clear, is this going to be applicable or not, you will not be a the nether will not be effective. So the Karen Oira asks a question. The first nether that we find in the Torah is Yaakov Avinu makes a nether. Yaakov Avinu says, V'yida Yaakov nether lamer, Im'yia Hashem imodi, V'shemrani b'derech hazeh, V'nasen li'lech alechoyl, U'begad le'boish, V'shavti b'sholem, Abeis ovi, and he continues with Cholash Titanli Aser Asranilach. Yaakovinu makes a nether. But he was saying that a nether that's made al since it wasn't certain that it will be effective, is not a nether. So why was Yaakov's nether a valid nether? And actually, Chana we find making a nether. Batida nether, she makes a nether that if Hashem will help her and she'll have a child, she'll make him Kaddish Lashem. So too, we have the same question. Why is it an effective nether? Why were all these nadarim considered a valid nadarim according to the opinion now stated by Reb Tarfin? So, Reb David Pavarsi Zetzal explains that there are Rishonim that explain that the reason for Tarfan's opinion is not that this is a special rule in Hilchus Nadorim, a special rule in Hilchus Naziris, but it's, an, it's because it's an asmachta. When I say something and I don't really intend to fulfill it, that is called an asmachta. So he explains, there's a difference between an asmachta and a tanai. But just to begin in explaining this a little more. The Mishnah, in Mesechta Sanhedrin, Davchof Talar on the base, teaches us, Ve'elen Epsum Le'edus, the following individuals are disqualified from saying Edis. Hamasachet Bekuvyuk, a gambler. Hamava Beribis, somebody who lends money with interest. Afrikha Yoyna Sarkreshvis. Omra Bihuda. Amosabizman Shahin Lem Omnasalahu. When are they disqualified? When this is the only thing that they do. Avil Yeshlam Emnashlaihu, if they have other professions, Kshayum. And the Gemara gives two explanations why a Masach Bekovya, why a gambler, is disqualified for Edis. Rami Bacham says, because it's an Asmachta. When I gamble, I'm only prepared, I'm only entering into the bet because I'm sure I'm going to win. If I knew I was going to lose, I, didn't, I would have never entered this gamble. So it's 
a form of gzela. Rav Sheshis disagrees. Rav Sheshis says that a gambler knows that he may lose. And therefore, since he knows he may lose, when he enters into the bet, he goes in with his eyes open recognizing that. And since he goes in with that recognition, it's not considered gazela. Rather, explains Rav Sheshis, the reason a Masach B'Kivya is disqualified for Edis, He's not a person that is doing what people are supposed to do. Gambling is not a way to make a living. So ask the Gemara, according to Rabbi Bachama, that the concern of a gambler is Gzeilab. So why did Rabbi Huda say there's enough Gemina if he has another job or not? If the problem is because of Gzeila, so it makes no difference. Even if somebody has a job, he's not allowed to steal. So the Gemara answers that indeed Rami Bachama is going to hold that the Rabbanon disagree in Rabbi Yehuda. And therefore, according to Rabbanon, a gambler is disqualified if he has another job or he doesn't have another job. Rav Sheshis, on the other hand, will say that everybody, even the Rabbanon, agree with Rabbi Yehuda. And therefore, according to Rav Sheshis, since the problem is Eina Oisik B'Yeshuva Shalaylam, the problem is only in someone who has no other job. Someone else, someone who has a job is Oisik B'Yeshuva Shalaylam. Ask the Gemara of Sheshis that there's another b'risa. That the b'risa says that a Nesach B'Kuvya, a gambler, is disqualified for Edis, and, that's, and that price says it makes no difference if he has another job or not. So the Gemara's question is how, is, is, how could you, Rav Shesha, say that Rabbi Yudha and Rabbanan agree? So who will that price that says that, that under all circumstances a gambler is disqualified be following? So the Gemara, so Rav Shesha's answers that that price is following the opinion of Rav Tarfin that just said in our Gemara, and Rashi explains that Tarfin's reason is that whenever something is not in my control, there's a concern of a smachta. And gambling is something that's not in my control if I will or won't win the bet. And therefore, the reason is that it's because of an asmachta. So now, if that's the explanation, if that's if that's the reasoning behind Reb Tarfin, says Reb David Pavarsky, we could understand why we can't compare the situation of Yaakov Avinu's nether to the to our Gemara. Yaakov Avinu's nether was in his control that he will give the stalker. When it's totally in your control, that's not an asmachta. Here in Algemara, it's not my control. Who is that person? That's why Riptarfin calls it an asmachta. So according to this approach in the Rishonim, it is not, it's not a rule that's unique to Nadarim. It's a rule in asmachta. But as we said at the beginning of our shir, most Rishonim 
don't learn Pshat and Reptar from that way. They learn, like we explained, because the Torah says, Ish Kiyafli. So we learn from Yafli that in order for Naziris, and by extension, as the Ran said, a nether to be valid, it has to be with a clarity when I accept it upon myself. And then, therefore, we back to the Karen Iris question what do we do with Yaakov Avinu's nether? So the Karen Ira says that Yaakov Avinu's nether was a nether-based sorrow. And a nether-based sorrow is treated differently than other nether, as we will discuss. The Shaman Dharm says that it was a nether mitzvah, nether tzedakah. And again, nidre mitzvah, nidre tzedakah, he explained, are treated differently are treated differently than other nidar. So if we mention this important fact concept in Helchus Nidarim, we need to explore the Ezra Hashem Yisbarach, the halacha, the halachas of Nidarim-based tzara, of Nidre Mitzvah, of Nidre Tzedakah, that we're learning now based on this Gemara, and then being able to understand the opinion of Reb Tarfin, are treated differently than other Nadarim. As we just learned, the concept of a nether-based sorrow is taught from Yaakov Avinu. Because Yaakov Avinu, as the, as the Pasuk says, as we quoted earlier, Vayida Yaakov nether lamer, and the Chazal Darshan from the word lamer, lamer, limer ledoyrus haboyim, Yaakov Avinu taught us that when somebody Rahman is in a tzara, you make a nether. There's another source that the Mepharshim quote. The Pasuk says, Kla Yisrael says, V'yida Yisrael neda l'ashem v'yoymer im nosen titnes amazeh b'yodi v'chramti esoreyem. Again, Kla Yisrael were in a tzara, they were going to be attacked. And they made this nether. So from here we see that there is a concept of making a nether. And in fact, I saw, based on this medrash, that when somebody, Rachmal Tzlon, is in a Tzara and he's making a nether, he should mention Alokei Yaakov. He should mention Hashem's, when he mentions Hashem's name, he should specially, he should specifically say Alokei Yaakov. Because Yaakov Avinu, as we just learned, was the one that taught us. Yaakov Avinu was the one that taught us that people make Nidorim Bishas Tzor. And if we look in the Shulchan Aruch and Hilchas Nidorim, Yeridayus Simere Shkimo, Sif Hey says the Shulchan Aruch Be'ez Tzara Mutalindar. If some Rechman Tzlan is in the Ace Tzara, he's allowed to make a nether. And I sort of a first explain why, if as we learned so many times in Masech and the Dorin, Chazal frowned upon one making the Dorin. So why are we? Here saying they should make a nether. So the Mepharshim explained, because 
the person needs chosim. A person who's an ace sorrow needs schosim. And since he needs schosim, the schos that he makes in nether day is going to do a dvar mitzvah, will help him. Others say that the nether is like a tefillah, and the tefillah, and it's a form of a tefillah that a person needs to be mispalal. Another shot that I saw is that the person is davening and, and making a nether because he's in a, a sorrow and he's not sure if he will be able to come out. So by making this nether, he's saying to Hashem, help me creep out of this sorrow so that I should be able to fulfill my nether which you want me to do. There is a machloikis rishonim. Is it a mitzvah to make a nether based sorrow? Is it mutter? Which is, it seems, the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch. It's mutter, the Shulchan Aruch, but it says it's not a mitzvah. I, what will the rishonim who say that it's a mitzvah do with the wording of the Shulchan Aruch that says mutter? So, I saw that the Aruch HaShulchan says that there are two types of mitzvahs. The mitzvah chiyuvis and the mitzvah kiyumis. Mitzvah chiyuvis are mitzvahs that one is obligated to fulfill. Mitzvah kiyumis are mitzvahs that one gets a mitzvah if he fulfills the mitzvah. And what we're learning here is that even if we're learning that making a nether based sorrow is a mitzvah, since it's only a mitzvah kiyumitz, it's not a mitzvah that one is obligated to fulfill. That's why the Shulchan Aruch says it's mutter, but it's really a mitzvah. However, the Augur says that, that the Agud, I mean, says that it's never a mitzvah to make in the Dharam. I, what do we do with the Pasik where it says that Yaakovino made nether? So there's a number of approaches in the Rishonim. One in the Achroinim. One is, it was before Matan Torah. So we can't bring a Raya from before Matan Torah to after Matan Torah. Another approach is that Yaakov Avinu never really made a full-fledged nether. It wasn't a full-fledged nether. It was more like a Hoidor. And therefore... Since it was not a full-fledged nether, it's, it was permissible. Another terrace that I saw from the Erech Shai that differentiates between a nether where you're going to do something versus a nether where you're not going to do something. And with the explanation that we gave at the beginning of the shear, it's very understandable. The person needs chosim. The person is saying that if you give, if I if, help me come out of this sorrow, so I should be able to fulfill my nether. That's if you're going to be doing something positive. That's what we see by Yaakov Avinu. But when it's a nether that's just saying that I'm not going to do something, which you're not supposed to do anyway, that isn't another that one should preferably make.
Furthermore, I saw, and from the Rashi's Chachma, that even if one is going to make a nether-based sorrow, he should only make it for a short amount of time. He shouldn't accept upon himself a nether for long term. Because if you accept a nether for long term, there's a greater concern you will violate it. The Rashi's Chachma says further, the Rashi's Chachma says that the nether one makes an eighth tzara should be connected to the tzara. Because we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not the Rashi's Chachma, I'm sorry, the Sefer Chesidim. Since we know that the HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, is runs the world, Midah Kenegah so somebody does an ave, if somebody sees a tzara, chas v'shalom, coming upon him, it must have been because he was weak in a certain area. So it only makes sense that if he wants to, and the Kodesh is sending him a message, so he should correct himself with that area making a nether. The Sefer Chassidim also says, and it makes a lot of sense based on what we just said, that if somebody is in a tzara, and he's going to make a nether, he should go to a Rav, to a Chacham, to give him guidance what type of nether he should make. The Mepharshim also suggests that if one is going to make a nether, Be'ez Tzara, and since, as we know, there's such a great concern that you may end up violating that nether, what you should do is you should connect it with a way out. That means, you should say that I'm making this nether, but if chas v'sholem, I don't fulfill the nether, then I, if I pay a certain fine, a certain knas, that should be in lieu of the nether. So like that, that will be a way of, that will be a way of avoiding the concern of violating the nether. The Orach HaShulchan, I mean, not the Ritva, sorry, the Ritva says, the Rosh Yom Kippur are considered a Tzara. Every Jew is being judged by Kodesh Baruch on, on Rosh Yom Kippur. And therefore there's a Minig, and that's the source for the Minig that to give Tzaka on Rosh Yom Kippur, making the Dorim, because it's considered a tzara. So too, did I see from the Shailz HaTshuvah's Imre Yosher, when one ro- loses a relative, that's considered an ace tzara. And the Allah is that the nether is considered a valid nether. And I'm a sechta, as well as, as well as a mesechta nedarim, much time is spent in the Mishnayis and in the Gemara speaking about what is and what isn't considered a valid terminology of accepting of acceptance of an Adorm on Aziris. So there's a big Chiddush from the Meralbach. The Meralbach suggests that that's only by a regular nether. But somebody who's making a nether, based sorrow. So, what's the reason why an inval, why a language, a terminology that's not proper doesn't make 
you, it doesn't make it into a nether. Because it doesn't represent an acceptance of the nether. But when somebody, Rechmon Tzlon, is an ace tzorah, so we're sure that he wants to truly accept upon himself this nether. And therefore, even if it's not what in our Masechta has been considered a perfectly fine language, he will still be obligated to fulfill that nether.